Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Hilly Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're feeling good. How are you? I'm great. Matt, actually, I, I have something for you here in our, our standard intro that I did not brief you on, but I think you're probably aware of. And uh, here's how I'm feeling right now, Matt. I feel like I'm on the edge of some sort of tipping point. And I feel like, and you mentioned momentum to me in a text message earlier today, actually, at time of recording. I feel like good things are happening. And it's probably because of 10 years of hard work, but I feel like I'm on the edge of some sort of tipping point. You're on the edge of glory. Possibly. Yes. Possibly. Matt, I've had a ton of great conversations this week that hopefully lead to some really positive things. Some speaking things are going well. Personal life is going well. I feel like I'm on, and maybe it's all perception. Maybe that's where this this conversation goes. But... I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now. So when you ask me how I'm doing, Matt, that's how I'm doing. Great. Perception is reality. You've told me that a thousand and one times. So Mm -hmm. we're happy for you. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. At at time of recording, doing really well. We'll see what next week brings, right? Um, But yeah, man, things are going really, really well. So I appreciate you asking. You know, I was in a meeting the other day, Matt, and someone said, Brad, what's on your mind? And I said, that is an absolutely loaded question. (laughs) And I, I danced out of that one quickly because... There's a lot going on in there. Uh, But Matt, things are going really well, man. So hey, what do you say? You want to get to the show? Yes, let's go. Matt, I'm working on a new talk over here for Haley Marketing called Simple Effective Ways to Establish Your Brand. And I'm slated to give that talk at probably, I think it's six different times this year already with webinars and in person. Um, And as I'm workshopping the idea, Matt, I wanted to, like I always do, use insights as a therapy session. And I wanted to bring the talk to you to, to see if maybe you're thinking of things that I'm leaving out. And also, if any listeners have ideas that I'm leaving out, would love to know that as well. Matt, currently, when I think about effective ways to establish your brand, I think it starts with first having a brand and having internal culture and having an organization that is brand worthy. Right. I don't I don't necessarily Matt want to get right into the tactics because I think there's a layer that needs to be there first. Right. You can have the best marketing in the world, but if your staffing services and your candidate experience stink, it doesn't matter. The 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 marketing can't duct tape a broken candidate experience. It can't duct tape a broken client experience experience, and it can't duct tape a bad culture. So Matt, I, I think to get started with the talk, and again, using this as therapy for, for me and, and getting your ideas here, what do you think? I, I think you start with having an, an effective brand by first knowing the brand, right? 
This is why I struggle with the 101 because I assumed you already had the brand. So it's probably a very good first step. And when you were talking about it, it what jumped into my brain was you can have world-class marketing. If your product stinks, world-class marketing doesn't matter. Not for a long time. It might you know, give you a quick surge in the beginning, but eventually it's going to run out. So you need a really good product, or in this case, a really good brand to to market before, like you said, we anyone can can jump into the tactics. So um, that sounds like the right place to start. I think it is too. And I think, Matt, we kind of saw that a little bit with the solo stove, right? They had great marketing with Snoop Dogg that drove a ton of eyes to it, but then no one bought the actual product. And, and that might just be because their target demo doesn't need an outdoor fireplace, whatever, they missed the mark, but it didn't live up to the marketing. And, and Matt, I think that's a really good point. Probably something I'll add into the talk here is you need to have the brand. You need to have the foundation first before you think about what's next. So nobody brought the solo stove, but they're all buying Stanley Cups. Matt, I'm not bought into the hype of Stanley Cups. You know what You know what it is, man? And I, I said this to my wife the other day, and, and I love her. Uh-huh. I feel like every two to three years, though, we just need to find a different vessel to drink our water out of. If it's not Yeti, now it's Stanley. You know what is crazy, though? I'll stay on this way for a second. You know how many people reach out to me on a weekly basis asking if I want a free Yeti in exchange for a 30-minute conversation? Yeah, it's more than you think. That's three years ago, man. Yeah. I want a Stanley now. Yeah. No, I don't want your Yeti. It's crazy. But um, yeah, the, the Stanley hype is real and the product lives up to it, right? As you can see, I mean, the car started on fire and it still had the cup still had ice in it, but uh, the, the brand lives up to the marketing. Matt, staying on effective ways to establish your brand, okay? Let's, let's assume now you do have the brand, right? You have the culture, you have the processes, you have the candidate and the client experience. Now, what do you do to showcase that brand? My mind, in, in terms of this talk and in terms of, you know, again, what I'm, I think I'm slated to give it six times so far this year, reputation management, case studies, case stories, doing everything you can to effectively show what you consider your employer brand in an effective way, right? So if you have a true brand and a brand identity, the next step is to get it in front of people. And that means having a reputation that supports your brand. That means having case studies that support your brand. That means having personal testimonials and personal case studies that support the individuals who are affiliated with your brand. But man, I I think it all comes back to how do you make the brand look like a hero in the eyes of individuals who don't know who you are? You're building social proof. Doesn't have to be on social. You're you're building all of those different ways. You have the brand, you just got it. You have to get it to the right people in different formats in places they're consuming it. So it all makes sense. And you really need to continue to develop those and make it easy to understand and probably constantly, not constantly, repeatedly um, share that brand because people, it takes time for people to remember. Yeah. And and it's probably difficult for a lot of listeners right now to to think that this is borderline bragging or, or boasting about your brand, right? Like how many times a week should I be sharing a testimonial? How many times a week should I be sharing a case study? When you do it tastefully in the the point of what's in it for me, the individual on the other end of my device looking at that, well, then it makes sense. You know, yes, if I'm just posting testimonial after testimonial, that looks like you're trying to inflate your own ego. 
But if you're doing it in a way of, hey, this is Matt's story. Matt was down on his luck, couldn't find a job. Here's how we helped Matt. And by the way, here's now what Matt has to say about us. Others want to see themselves in Matt's shoes. So it makes sense. But I think, Matt, that's how you start to efficiently and effectively showcase the brand once you have the brand. I think you're on the right track. Speak, speak to, sounds great. Uh, go out there and get them and do a good job. We're going to get after it. And, you know, we've talked about Warren Buffett before. It takes 20 years to build a brand and five minutes to ruin it. And, and I think really that's another main talking point that I want to stress is your team needs to be bought in to the brand as well. Right. And that's, that's the individuals who have been there 20 plus years to the individuals who have been there 20 minutes. Right. Everybody is a representation of your brand as soon as they step through the door. And, you would hate to see somebody who's brand new ruin something that somebody who's been there for 20 years has worked to build. Right. And and I think when we when we really look at it, that's why you need to have the 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 culture and the processes and the people in place. And then you showcase that, right? I might like this point the best. Um because the brand brand is important because so so many different ways you can go with this. Um you've you've built that brand and and I've, I come back to this quote a lot where everybody wants to be part of something special and a brand can be that way or feel that way. Culture, choose your word. So it's why hiring can be super important, getting back to that 20 years versus five minutes um, dichotomy. So if you don't hire the right person or bring someone in that isn't going to um, reflect the brand or buy into the brand or you know just embrace it, that could that could really have a negative effect. I'm excited for the talk. It, it's going to be a new one that we're rolling out here at Haley. If you're a part of any associations or conferences and you'd love to hear about how to effectively grow and strengthen and showcase your brand, look, we'd love to deliver it for your attendees and for your audience. Just reach out to us and let us know. Hey, it's Brad taking a short break to tell you about an offer exclusive to listeners of Insights. 30 minutes of strategic marketing consultation with me, completely free. You can visit bit.ly slash insights30 and pick a time that works best for you. Whether you need better candidates or ideas to drive sales, I want to help. Again, you can visit bit.ly slash insights30. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash insights30. Pick a time that works best for you. A calendar reminder will be sent right to you. All right, back to the show. I have a sales lesson from my almost two-year-old that I want to share with you. And I want to share with our listeners. I think this is incredibly relatable to anybody who has made it and has a child through the age of one and a half to where I'm at, which is almost two. And uh, we're navigating something right now that, and because my brain is always thinking about this show and always thinking about how I can tie what's happening to me into marketing, this is where my wheels got turning the other day. Matt, we're learning the word no in my house. And it's okay. We're navigating it well. Uh, my, my wife is a fantastic teacher, so she's teaching me how, how to navigate. Um, and we're navigating the no phase right now. And it got me thinking the other day that in sales, we also need to learn how to navigate the no phase. And what I'm learning, and we all parent differently, and that's why I thought, Matt, it'd be good to bring this to you as well for your thoughts, because you've been through this, and heck, you might still be going through it. Might be going through it more. But when we think about the no phase, it's not necessarily no, it's just 
either A, not right now, or I want to be doing something else. There's a reason behind every no, right? So my kid doesn't want blueberries. It's probably because he wants blackberries, right? It's There's a reason for every no. And Matt, as I work with and talk to, got to be close to 150 different companies in the last quarter plus now, what I'm learning is it's getting increasingly difficult to sell in this industry. And I think the reason for that is because we're hearing no and we're giving up. We're not trying to figure out what the root cause is, what the root problem is. We're not trying to peel back the challenges that that prospect is having and saying, okay, I understand you're saying no now, but but what are you really feeling? What is really going on in your world? And more importantly, how can I help? What can I do to solve this challenge that you're having? So Matt, it's a lesson again for my almost two-year-old, but when you're hearing no from the sales standpoint, what can you do to say, listen, I understand what you're feeling. How can I help? And what is really going on? What do you think, bud? I think you're right in that the fact of when people hear no, and a lot of times in sales, you hear no four or five, six, multiple times before you get to a yes. So that's that it's a challenge. But where I think you're going, Brad, is when somebody says no, are they just saying no because they don't like your product? Or is there something much, much deeper? And that's kind of what I, I'm hearing in in these conversations of don't just take it on the surface. It's not like you're trying to to peddle, you know, something on the streets that somebody's just pushing for five dollars that, you know, it's it's a much different sales process. So hearing the no leads, you know, we have to think about, you know, what are their objections? What are their pain points? Why isn't this working? And just almost it, it sounds like consult more than sell. I couldn't agree more. If you're consulting, then there's a solution to every problem, right? And if you're hearing no in the sales process, most likely it's because the individual on the other end doesn't know the value or isn't feeling the value that that you can provide. In staffing and recruiting, there is a ton of value in outsourcing that function to somebody who is more qualified and capable than doing it internally and doing it yourself. The challenge there, though, is, again, almost 150 plus calls here in, in a little bit it's harder and harder to sell our services because we're either getting beat up by competition, we're getting beat up by internal competition, companies just want to do it themselves. It's 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 crazy to me, right? So that means that we're not selling our value, we're just trying to sell. And if you're hearing no, then how do you flip that? Well, how do you showcase the value that you provide? How can you leverage case studies? How can you leverage testimonials? How can you leverage your experience in the industry, in the local market? What can you do to make sure that the candidate that you're speaking with prospect you're speaking with rather, absolutely undeniably knows that they have to be working with you. Matt, that might be all I got, man. I was just reflecting on it the other day. I thought I'd bring it to you, one dad to another, just to think about it. You know, we're we're in the mix right now. Um there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that. But again, hearing no doesn't necessarily mean no completely. It's just, well, what is the actual problem? And most importantly, how can I solve it? How can I help? I hope you're not calling staffing companies on the same mind length, mind wavelength as a almost two year old. Though we're not going down that path. I would never do. I would never do that. I would never do that on Insights the podcast. No, of course I'm not on the podcast. Um, yeah, no is a if you have parenting advice for Brad, please feel free to share that as well. But also, I can tell you, is I have a boy versus a girl, so different. My daughter just turned ten, and different no's, different conversations. Um, but yeah, you're always navigating those, those, 
those communication styles. And it's just, I think, you know, having the right mindset helps. It's fun, man. I got to tell you one quick story because because it is all really, really good things. And and even navigating the no, uh, you might not see the video, but you can see I'm laughing and smiling about it because it is still a really, really good phase to be a part of. Matt, we're at the point now where anytime an Amazon box comes, which is usually once a day, my guy runs and gets his drill gun and tries to open it with a drill and tries to open it up like he's unscrewing something or he goes and gets his screwdriver. So like any, literally any package, he has to grab it. He takes it over to his toys, gets out all his tools and has to open up the Amazon box with his tools. It's incredible. It's, it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. And I don't have to, I don't have to open a package myself. Yeah, it's great. Good job, dad. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right, man. One more for you. Are you deploying checkbox marketing or acting with a results driven mindset? Matt, checkbox marketing is my new buzzword. I might be able to take this segment off, folks. Checkbox marketing. Matt, I don't know where I got it from. I, I genuinely don't think I saw it somewhere else. I think it just came to me. But but friends, I, I messaged Matt about it the other day. And I think it came after a call with a, with a prospect or a client. And somewhere along the lines, we were talking about how what they were doing was just checking off boxes. You were saying you're doing something, but it really wasn't working towards their goals. They weren't measuring it the right way. Things weren't getting done effectively. It, it felt very muddy and foggy to me. And I called it checkbox marketing. I said, you're, you're just checking off boxes. And at that point, why do it in the first place? Matt, we cannot in 2024 be deploying checkbox marketing. We cannot be doing anything just for the sake of doing it. Everything that we do needs to have a purpose. I've said on this show, every post has a purpose at least 10,000 times at this point. Matt, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to business development, when it comes to anything that we do, it needs to be results-driven and results-oriented. It cannot be just checking a box to say, hey, we did that. Thoughts? I, I agree because I've felt ever since I've started working directly in the marketing industry, if you're not bought into especially content marketing, frustration will is just, it's coming. It's a matter of question of when. And you have to be bought in to what the marketing's going to provide. It might not be direct candidate applications and leads. It can be. It doesn't have to be. But the mentality has to come from the decision makers, the people writing the checks, the 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 content, anyone who's involved in this needs to have the right plan and structure to get us to our smart business goals. We probably won't go down there in this segment, but all has to help contribute to that. We're not just throwing up the billboard because 100,000 cars drive by it every day. We're not just in, because we have the budget. We're not just sponsoring you know, the softball team or the hockey team. We're not just doing it because we have a budget. There has to be something in mind. I'm going to put together another one of your, your long-term, um, I'd say tiki torches at times. One of your long-term things. Every post has to have a purpose. Probably fills in to checkbox marketing somehow. It, it's sad, Matt. And, and I don't just think it's our industry. It's things that I'm seeing across the board. You know when somebody is just mailing it in. You know when when marketing is just in place or you know when even business development calls are just being made just for the sake of doing it. And if the team isn't bought in, if we don't have a goal in mind, if we don't have a number in mind, a metric in mind, then you never know if what you're doing is working or not. Then it becomes checkbox marketing, right? I know I need to wake up and make a social post. 
I don't know why I'm doing it, but my boss five years ago told me, hey, we make a social post Monday to Friday. So I post the job. Great. Checkbox. I did it. Or I know, you know, by the end of the day, I need to send out five emails to five prospects. I don't necessarily know why these prospects never get back to me, but I do it. I check the box and I get on with my day and I get on with my life. If we don't know our why, we don't know the North Star, we can't figure that all out, we don't know it, well, then it is just checkbox marketing. And everything that we do needs to have purpose. It needs to be results-driven. Otherwise, Matt, like you're saying, that's when the frustrations kick in. Now, content marketing, you're exactly right, is probably the easiest place to get frustrated. You post on LinkedIn, maybe a couple hundred people see it, nobody engages with it, nothing happens, you get frustrated. Always coming back to your why makes that worthwhile. So Matt, to get us out of here, friends, I encourage you, in 2024, do not deploy checkbox marketing. Instead, think with results in mind, be results-driven and results-oriented, make sure everything you do has a purpose, and make sure you follow your North Star. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. If you have a question for us, you could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. See you next time.